0: Hierdie inzetsel wordt aan in jou gebring dier Radio Kaapse Kansel op 729 AM. Bezoek ons gerust by www.kaapsekansel.co.za Into Me C. A place where we learn about
1: deep connection With yourself, those close to you And,
0: and with, with God.
1: God Our program Into Me See uncovers intimacy as an act of Seeing into me and the crucial role it plays in healthy relationships.
0: Thank you for joining us in this program. We'll explore what intimacy means and how it works together and to- towards it. And by the way, uh, sex is only a part of intimacy.
1: <laughs> yes, Frederick. There's so much more about that than just sex. Yeah,
0: that's what we've been learning over our. 38 years of marriage and the challenges that we were facing, I am Frederick Wools. And
1: I'm Suki Wools. Both of us are licensed counsellors and we're looking forward to embark with you on a journey towards greater intimacy. We'll continue to explore what intimacy means and look at the crucial role that it plays for the development of healthy, authentic and lasting relationships.
0: Yeah, especially in these times when we are stuck with COVID-19 and there are multiple distractions, such as our phones, social media, that all rob us of intimate relationships with God, with other human beings and with ourselves.
1: Last week we shared our story about our journey from disconnect towards greater intimacy. We uncovered how some of our childhood wounds led to hidden beliefs, that contribute towards our adult thoughts, feelings and communication and behavior patterns today. That often brings us into trouble and don't we don't quite know how to get out of that.
0: Oh yes, don't I know about that, Suki? Remember when you told uh, we told the listeners about that time uh, you shared your deep feelings uh, about what is going on in your heart and uh, what your struggles were, and you asked me what I had thought. (laughs) Well, I had no idea what I was thinking, and I always joked, and we always joke about it, that I told you um, we need to put petrol in the car. And uh, uh, underlying belief, of course, was that I was responsible for your feelings and that uh, I would be rejected by you if I said I don't know or gave the wrong answer at that time i really didn't know what to say as i was so overwhelmed but that i just heard so i took the easy way out by trying to distract or your attention or just change the subject but
1: mm-hmm. that didn't work well did it
0: oh no it didn't it uh, didn't turn out quite well um, but that's just one example of how our hidden beliefs continue to influence our behavior and attitudes as an adult. As Christians, we often say and are told um, what Jesus says about us. But the mistakes, mistaken beliefs about ourselves continue to impact our communication and behavior. The truths in the Bible are often only in our heads, but it takes time and effort for them to sink down into our hearts.
1: So this week, we'll look at the role of counseling and recovery in our restoration journey from brokenness towards wholeness in Christ. And what role intimacy plays in that process?
0: Yeah, We have a very special guest with us today, and um, he is helping us look into this process. uh, Jonathan Doherty from Be Broken Ministries in Texas, USA. He and Stephen Cervantes, through their podcasts on Pure Sex Radio, as well as in-person encounters with them um, in the United States, played a very important role in our journey from sexual brokenness and disconnect to wholeness in Christ. Welcome, Jonathan. We're very pleased to have you on our program.
2: Thank you guys so much. It's really a pleasure to be here. It's super exciting for, for me to just see where God has brought uh, you guys on your journey so that uh, I can be on your radio program now. for so the <laughs>
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Earlier we said to Jonathan how we love listening to, I love listening to his program many, many years. So it's really a joy. Last week, Fredrick and I shared with the listeners some of our story regarding porn addiction and how it caused havoc in our lives. During the course of our journey, we came to realize the importance of intimacy with ourselves, others, and with God. Why is intimacy so important in relationships, especially in marriage?
2: Well, it's, it's, I love the way that you you guys, your program is, is taking that word intimacy and really kind of defining it. It's into me, see, right? Mm-hmm. And so... Um, I think we have to get the the bigger picture of what intimacy is. I think a lot of times when we use that word, uh, especially for men, sometimes they immediately go to sex, like that's all that intimacy is. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, some kind of physical act that's making us feel close to to one another. And I think the especially the context of marriage, um that's the only relationship that God designed in which sexual behavior is part of that Intimacy. Mm. But if you think about intimacy in its broader context, even within marriage, there's so much more there. There's, there's the communication. There's the shared experiences. There's the emotional connection. They're seeking to grow together in your faith. There's so many other things that allow us to bring our whole selves into that relationship and also include the sexual component there. And so I think it's important for us to see the whole process of intimacy and and why it's important to look at the the whole issue of intimacy rather than just narrowing it down to only a single act.
0: Mm, Very much so, Jonathan. And that's really something that I was struggling with, um, what it really meant to be intimate, and especially if you have a sexual addiction. I mean, I wanted it, but I didn't know what it is nor how to get it sounds a lot like Paul that was expressing in Romans that he was so wrestling um, to do the things that he he didn't want to do and not doing the things that he really wants to do so what do you think is this uh, how is it linked to to the addiction between uh, what we well, you know,
2: yeah, yeah, I think, uh, you know, that, that is a very real struggle there. I think that, um, being made in the image of God, He has put in, into us, um, the, the right desires that we are to have. The, there's a rightness to how life is meant to be lived. And at whatever point we get off of that design, off of that path, then there is that struggle that, that Paul was even talking about here. You know, there's, there's the things I want to do, which is uh, the way God designed me to live, but, Boy, there's also a whole lot of other things that I've been doing that are not part of that. And I think a lot of what this boils down to is we talk a lot in our ministry about um, we're going to be most prone to do that which is most familiar to us. Mm. So it's not even an issue of intelligence or like knowing the difference between right and wrong. It's that if we have become more familiar with operating through a grid of these sinful, addictive patterns, then that's just going to feel more Comfortable to us, even though we know it's like it's unhealthy. It's not helping us. It's ruining our relationships. There's still a part of that that we feel a safety in, and so I think that's what Paul was talking about. He is like, man, I know in my heart of hearts what I was designed for. I was designed for deep relationship with God, deep relationship with others. But boy, there's there's this part of my being that has been so familiar with sinful behaviors that it's a real it's a real challenge to actually pursue that which is good. When I'm more familiar with that, which is harmful.
1: Yeah, it almost sounds like uh, the pathways in the brain, you know, where you keep on going on that same path. So actually new pathways Mm -hmm. need to be developed for the brain to be rewired. But we'll talk more about that another time. We often hear the word recovery. Who needs recovery and what does it look like?
2: Well, I like to say in our ministry that uh, every human being needs recovery. <laughs> so it's not, it's yes, not yes. relegated to just those who are, quote-unquote, addicted. I mean, the fact of the matter is all of us are born into sin. We're born into brokenness. We're born into alienation from God. And, and I like to look at the whole recovery process, even as it's applied to addiction, but even larger than that, is recovery is the process of learning to live within my God-given identity mm-hmm. and all that that entails. And so whether or not a person is what we would call maybe classically addicted, in other words, they could be defined as somebody who's operating under these compulsive patterns or not, I think we all need to go through a process of uh, learning to live into the design that God has for us, that we were meant to reflect Him and be full of light and hope and joy. And um, so all of us, I think, need to be on that kind of a journey.
1: I feel so excited when I hear what you're saying. Uh, We were thinking we're going to spend one whole month just on identity and to recover, to get to our true identity, I think, because it's all about we all need to recover from sin, if you think about that. So, yeah, I fully agree Mm -hmm. with what you're saying. Something else, many addictions, if not all, distract people from connecting intimately. Let's focus a bit on how the viewing of explicit material would affect a person's ability to be intimate. Jonathan, how would you define explicit material as part of the answer?
2: Yeah, so kind of keeping this within the realm of of sexuality and everything, I would say that explicit material and and how it relates to this topic of intimacy is it creates a division. It creates, at the very least, it's a distraction, meaning like, if, if we are meant to, unless you use the marriage context, if we're meant to be, have this true oneness, this one flesh intimacy with this other person, with, with my spouse, then explicit material, material, this would be any kind of material, whether it be in print or video or anything else, this would be any kind of material that is trying to get me distracted and divide my attention and focus on limiting those types of thoughts and interactions with my spouse, mm-hmm. so it's it, at the very least explosive material sometimes starts to create a wedge, even if it 's only in my mind
1: mm-hmm. to
2: where i am I am mixing other thoughts i'm mixing fantasies into what is meant to be a really pure and whole and and singular relationship with my spouse, and so uh, I often think that you know there's a lot of men out there especially who they kind of consider themselves what we might call just porn users like they kind of justify like i'm not going out and being physical with other people i'm not having a quote unquote affair but i am looking at pornography and they don't see the wedge the division that that is actually creating it it um it causes a a husband to not see his wife as she really is not to learn her and know her as she really is would superimpose this filter of pornography over her mm-hmm. in a way that then causes typically a lot of disappointment or frustration because um, no woman can measure up to the fantasy of pornography mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. simply just the physical. Mm-hmm. And so I believe that any kind of material that is going to create a wedge or d- division or distraction to that oneness relationship is is dangerous towards um, you know eroding the possibility of real intimacy to be mm. developed,
1: right? It's almost like a third person coming into that relationship, right? In a way, or the people that are that that person is viewing, is is, is interfering yeah. in that relationship.
2: Yeah, God's word says you know let the marriage bed be undefiled, mm. and I think what that means is this is an exclusive one on one intimate bonding that is meant to be done in in marriage and and includes all of those things, not only the sexual, but all of the deepness of that oneness. And uh, anything that either spouse adds into that, even if it is just in the mind is on some level going to disrupt the ability for real deep oneness, intimacy to be experienced. And so we want to, we want to do what we can to hold it bay and eliminate and, create healthy boundaries even in our minds so that we can actually focus on that deep oneness that God designed marriage to
1: be. Mm, absolutely.
0: Yeah, thank you very much, Jonathan. Um, that leads me to my next question, but before we get there, let's just take a short break, and after the break we'll come back to, to that question that I have in my mind. Welcome back listeners, uh, we've had a wonderful a break and um, Jonathan you were talking about the the intimacy that is broken by uh, some explicit material but I think what was very important for me and what I thought about is it is not necessarily something that you see outside of yourself but that could even happen in your mind. Uh, Jesus says to us that whenever you only just think about committing adultery, that you have already committed it in your heart. So the fantasies are also things that separate us from our partners. So what are the typical signs that would indicate that my partner could be addicted um, to to the sexuality? And could we give this addiction a, a specific name?
2: Well, um, so... I think there's several things that can indicate if a person is addicted and, and just a simple way that I define addiction is, is when there's any kind of compulsive or obsessive patterns that um a person is not able to quit on their own. In other words, I almost always know if a person's an addict if they say, Oh, that behavior I could quit at any time. It's like, Oh yeah, that's the telltale sign that you're addicted <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because you're you know, if you tried to quit guess what? You you realize, oh my goodness, I I can't do this on my own. Mm -hmm. So I think some of the telltale signs for those who are uh, in a relationship with somebody who might be addicted is if there's a lot of evasiveness or there's kind of some secrecy or there's just this sense of something's being withheld. Something is not being, this person is not being open Mm -hmm. and transparent. Maybe there's uh, chunks of time in this person's day that just are totally unaccounted for. And and they're really evasive about what's going on there. Or even if there's a direct question asked, let's say something is, you know, something is seen on the internet history on this couple's browser and um, internet browser and and the person is questioned about it and they just make excuses or they deny or they, you know, come up with some other kind of answer other than saying, yes, I looked at that. And so I think those are some signs that a person, it's more than just a, what we might call a sin struggle. I mean, all of us struggle with sin. We struggle with temptation, but it's something more than that. It's something that they want to not give up, not surrender, mm. and that I think is a telltale sign that somebody's in way over their head, and it's more of a controlling thing in their life than just uh, kind of the normal ups and downs of a of a sin struggle.
1: Yeah, Jonathan, and also something that I was thinking while you you talking about this that I've heard from other women. That's it, when they get to their husbands and they ask them, you know, when they get, they're looking at their phone and they, you know, they're just curious and what they're looking at, then there's this startledness and they quickly go to something else. And the same with a computer, right? Um, If they would go in and the person suddenly changes that browser to another one. I think those are probably some of the more typical, typical telltales just for, for me as a partner and what I've heard from other women. Are things that I think that's what often get us to be a bit skeptical and to start wondering what is happening here. Is there's not something strange happening?
2: Yeah, and I think there's, I think that hiding behavior is a really big part of it. Um, and and I think it's important that uh, uh, wives, especially, you know, don't dismiss kind of those gut feelings. I think sometimes um, uh, somebody, a porn addict or a sex addict can be so good at lying that it can cause a wife or, or spouse to feel like I must be going crazy because I thought for sure I just had this gut feeling like something's not right here. And man, my husband's telling me everything's fine, you know, that I'm the crazy one. And so I think it's important for wives to hear, you know, probably most of the time your what your gut is telling you, there's some truth there. So don't just completely dismiss those gut feelings that maybe something's not not quite right here.
1: Right and I think that's what they call gaslighting right where the um, mm-hmm. the pa- partners are very quick at leading you into something else or taking you away from the real topic and and I know it's it's a real real struggle for partners that they re- they really literally think they're crazy <laughs> because what they think they see is not what they see and uh, that that causes women to to it's it's really a trauma that comes with, that that a person's reality is questioned, and I think that's one of the things that makes it so hard. Um, yes, I was wondering, could, could you tell us maybe what is the difference? We we're talking a little bit about addiction earlier. Could we talk about what is there a difference between porn addiction and sexual addiction? Because sometimes we cross-reference to both these addictions, and I'm not. So tell us just a little bit more about that.
2: Yeah, I don't know if I would try to draw a really hard line between defining a sexual addiction as opposed to a porn addiction. I think there's so much overlap there. The way I would, I would lump them together and, I, and put them all in the category of some form of a sexual addiction. But here's the way I would actually try to help people think about it. And it has a lot to do with what we're talking about here with intimacy. When we are actually talking with people about a sexual addiction or a porn addiction, we're saying, do you know that actually fundamentally the issue that you have to address is it's an intimacy disorder. Mm-hmm. It's a relational disorder. Mm-hmm. Meaning that the, the habitual nature of any kind of sexual or porn addiction is that I am avoiding real relationship. That's ultimately where those kinds of addictions will lead a person. It doesn't, it doesn't draw you in to a deep, open, intimate relationship, it, it takes you away from that. And so um, most of the men, uh, I mean, all of the men that we've helped who have a porn or a sex addiction, um, boy, this goes all the way back into their childhood in, in terms of where some of the stunting development emotionally occurred. And so a lot of times we might be dealing with a 50-year-old man, uh, you know, biologically, chronologically, but emotionally he's an 11-year-old because there was a stunting to his emotional development and being able to know how do you bond in a healthy way to another person, not just in marriage, but like just friendships, deep friendships. There's, there's a real lack of experience and understanding of how to be intimate with another person. And I'm using that word in its fuller capacity of mm-hmm. like actually being closely bonded and connected. So there's usually a lack of connection to that person's parents. So they didn't have a real connection with other people growing mm-hmm. up. And so now you have a 50-year-old that's looking at porn who, the, the reason he's looking at porn is because it, he has no clue how to how to really engage real relationships. So it's safer for him, it feels like, to just use porn and kind of function. You know, I'm a functional, but we, we use the term functional addict. In other words, they can hold a job, they have a wife, they have kids, all these things structurally seem to be in place and may even look fine. Like, wow, this is a great guy. But in reality, there's, you know, he's an inch deep in terms of emotional connection with any of the people in his life. Yeah. So that's how I would kind of describe it is what, however you want to define porn or sex addiction, at its base, it's really what we've been talking about here. It's an intimacy disorder. It's a relational bonding disorder that needs to be addressed.
1: And Jonathan, that's why we decided to call this program Into Me See, because we mm-hmm. realized that there's such a deep connection if you want to work against addiction and especially porn, you know, the addiction that we're talking about, it's so important. The, the main issue is that we cannot see into ourselves like the the addict struggles to see into himself. So he, so we often talk about self-intimacy. If I don't know what's happening in my own mind, in my own heart. If I cannot express my own feelings, how can I share that with someone else? Eh? So long before we get to intimacy with others we need to know about these things that are happening in our own hearts
0: yeah jonathan as you were speaking i was really just relating to myself um, and also that very late in my uh, in in my life i started looking at this issue and realized but it's all about intimacy i didn't know what was happening in myself And uh, I craved this intimacy, but I just couldn't get to it. And I didn't know how to develop intimacy. In actual fact, I craved it, but I was avoiding it almost at all costs.
2: Yeah, which gets back to what you were talking about earlier with Paul, right? The thing I want to do, I don't do. I keep doing the thing I don't want to do. And I think that's another aspect of this, not even just that particular context of Paul when he's really addressing the sin issue, but I think that same principle applies to when we we realize that the deepest longing of our heart is to be intimately connected to mm. someone. Yep. Certainly, we're, we were designed to be intimately connected to God, but I think we were designed to be intimately connected in our, in our marriage. I think we're also designed to be int- intimately connected to the fellowship and the friendship of others. Mm. and And so what pornography and other other sexual acting out outlets create is is this massive distraction that really draws us farther and farther away from what our hearts really long for. And I think one of the reasons that it's so hard for us to en- then engage true intimate relationships is because number one, when there's ignorance, when in other words we don't know how to do something, we're far less prone to just run off and try it. Mm. So there's a fear there mm. of saying I have no, I don't know what a healthy relationship looks like, so I don't know how to initiate what's necessary for me to actually be known and to actually know somebody else. Um, and then the other factor in that is I think we just, um, uh, we, we, well I guess part of it is still the same, we fear what we don't know, right? So we, we fear going into this. We also fear what the repercussions might be. Mm. If I share what's really going on in my life, how will anybody receive that? Will I be rejected? Will I be ridiculed? Will I be shamed? Um, and so it gets, over time, it seems to get easier and easier for us to to think, it's better that I keep all of this a secret than actually bring it out into the open.
0: Right. Absolutely. And uh, I mean, you're hitting the nail on the head with regards to myself. Um, I uh, was really not allowing people to see into me and uh, many times I've heard Suki saying to me when I was in the addiction, I'm a pearl that is in an oyster and if anybody just comes close, it closes up and uh, I'm not able to allow other people to see me specifically because I had a a terror about being rejected. And uh, so absolutely true for for me in my uh, times of addiction. Uh, the fear of abandonment and rejection was so real.
1: And I think for many others, right, it's a, it's a common thread. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we've we're close to the end of the program. We need to start rounding up a little bit. The good news, listeners, is that Jonathan is going to be us for the next program as well. So we're going to continue with these questions and continue to unfold these matters, these things about intimacy and how it relates and, and how it fits into the porn addiction and, and the struggle towards intimacy um, that we have when there is an addiction in a relationship. So we'll talk to you um again next week. We just want to remind you, maybe, Frederick, you could give us the address. Yeah,
0: remember that we are going to be continuing to receive your questions and uh, in the last program of the of the month, we will be answering those questions. So send your questions to Frederick, Suki at capepulpit.co.za and that's frederick without the c and suki with s o e k i e
1: yes and thank you so much Jonathan. we'll talk more next time
0: thank you hierdie mm-hmm. aan mm-hmm.